gotta excuse my friend. He's got trust issues. Excuse me. Are you gonna make excuses for me now? It's all good. Honest, man. I was kind of surprised to get a call from you. Last time I heard, you were trying to fly straight. I was considering some other options, but like they say, old habits die hard. But what are you trying to say? You want back in? Nah, but I do need a favor. Favor? Yeah, Tony. You owe me. What are we talking? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Forget about it. We're going to handle this. I'm just glad I'm in a position to help. Sorry about the misunderstanding. Listen, I get it. You gotta protect guys like this. Good luck with everything. It's always a pleasure, my friend. Welcome back, welcome back, everybody. This is the Trials and Tribulations. You got KP here, along myself. You got Tony De Niro in the building. BSF. Yes, sir. This uh, podcast is designed to inspire people, dig down people's stories, you know what I mean, to shed a... The, their stories of trials and tribulations to, you know what I mean, their success right now, you know, to possibly inspire somebody through their dark times and uplift them and show them that there is success when you keep driving. Absolutely, that's important. So, like I said, well, let's dive in. Where are you from? So, basically, uh, I'm born and raised in Buffalo, New York. Uh, my family's been out there for since they came off the boat. So, you know, uh, Buffalo is like a, uh, we used to be a big Italian town, so my family came from Caltanissetta off the from Sicily and then came right there to Buffalo and been there ever since. So, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people know each other in that community. It's, it's pretty close, close community. Like you're, they would say like everybody Italian in Buffalo is related one way or the other. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's where, where uh, I started at was in Buffalo, New York. And then, uh, I traveled around like, you know, as a kid, uh, my parents weren't together and then they, uh, my pops met somebody new and went to, uh, so I was out here. Like I ended up going to school out here for a while at Niagara Wheatfield and stuff, so okay. kind of traveled around a little bit. With the Falcons, right? Yeah, 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 the Falcons, right, right, right. Falcons. <laughs> the Falcons, right there. Got some pretty good athleticism a little there and stuff. Yeah, see, yeah, the, yeah I, you brought up the Falcons, it's brought me back now, man. <laughs> I used to be raw as hell back where I was growing up. I used to, we used to play like street football and go to Riverside High School, play at, at the field there. I came out here. Thinking I was wrong, I'm like... Okay, so, so let me ask you this. So you started you started in Buffalo, then generated here. Yeah. Okay, then, so you had a city mentality coming into a country setting. Exactly. How did that yeah. work out? What? Man, you know, it was hard to be honest with you. I used to, I used to, every chance I get, go back to Buffalo. Like, even when, like, my pops wouldn't be really, uh, he'd be working or doing whatever he was doing. I, I'd be driving my bike all the way back to Buffalo. Like, I'd take River Road all the way back. It's different. You know, it was, I, I'd take that. I'd get there, you know, and... Uh, so it, it was it was a hard adjustment because it was just not like I was nothing I was used to. Okay. It was nothing I was used to. So you did elementary in, in Buffalo, right? Yeah. What yeah. schools did you attend? I went to Campus West the whole time. Yeah, I was in Campus West. It's like right where uh, Buff State campus is at. It's kind of like on their campus. So uh, yeah, I went to Campus West. I had a lot of friends, and you know, and then I went through a transition to where I was kind of staying with my grandparents and uh, and my father, and my mother. They weren't together, and they were kind of going. My mother moved out to like Portland somewhere with her new boyfriend and my pops moved out here with the lady he was with. So it was like, I, I had, this is what was my option. You know what I mean? You, come you out here. Like, you feel like created like a little monster within inside yourself? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, looking back nowadays, it's like, I think it helped me too, because it's like, I feel like I've been around 
so many different walks of people. You know what I mean? I've been around spoiled kids. I've been around kids that didn't have nothing. I've been, you know, kids that, you know, uh, grew up with both parents in the home, grew up with no parents, one parent. So it's like, I just, it's like an advantage to me because I feel like almost like, I'm a psychic. I'm a psychic. I know how a lot of people are and how they're going to react because I've been through so many situations, you know, whether it was in Buffalo or then when I came out here to school, this is where I really caught my first case at and seen like, oh, wow, you know, I was doing all this crazy stuff back there and, you know, just as a kid getting in trouble and stuff. And then I came out here, I'm like, oh, all right. This trouble's different. Yeah, it's it's definitely different. This trouble's a little different out here. Niagara County Jail was my first stop. Oh, man. So now that you you know, you touch base in Buffalo a little bit, and you come out here to Sandor, New York. Yeah, wow. yeah, it was crazy. Home of the Falcons. You caught yeah. your first, your first case. Yeah. How'd you catch? What was what, what was leading up to that? Well, well, the crazy thing was is uh, what you were saying about you know coming to school. So you know, I come to school now. You know, the people are just different. Like not to sound crazy, it's just like the white kids are different. The natives are who I kind of relate more because my last school, I was one of the. Like, in my grades, I it was a lot of, like, kids I'm with now, like, you know, African-American kids, black kids. Like, I was one of the few white kids in that school. So now I come out here, it's like, there's not no, none of the people that I was ever friends with, but I see some, you know, the Native people and stuff like that. So I'm like, it was just whole different. So we, in school, that's how I caught my first case. One of these big white kids is like, <laughs> end of the class, I'm beating the city boy up. You know, he's from Buffalo, the kid from Buffalo, I'm beating him up at the end of class. He's kind of big, I'm thinking, like, Man, <laughs> we have to whoop this big ass because <laughs> I was I, I was good with fighting stuff. Like I was always getting in trouble. Like I said as a kid, so fighting wasn't a big deal. You know, I I used to be the clash clown every year. Me and the same one white kid would fight, and we were kind of you know what I mean, kind of clash clown, getting into trouble and shit like that. So it's like, all right, damn, I'm gonna. It was just the only difference was is now I'm fighting some kid, and I didn't have a bunch of friends that was like you know backing me up or even laughing and joking about. It. Now it's more serious. So now it's like, Cause you're by yourself. I'm dull. I gotta fight this kid. So. He went over by the lockers. Uh, uh, it was a shop class. They, they had the metal garbage can in there. I just went over there and picked the can up. Boom! Blasted him. Whooped his ass. He ended up knocking out. Had a concussion and all that. After that, though, everybody was my friend after that. They were had all types of nicknames. <laughs> yeah. But that oh, yeah. night, though, the, the Niagara County Sheriff's came to the house. And they came to the house and arrested me. I was like, I think I just had turned 16 or 15. And I'm like, my pops was pissed about it, too. Like... Got arrested for fighting, like you know, in school. <laughs> in school, and then they were trying to kick me out. So he, was, he must have been embarrassed and got press charges, huh? Exactly, yeah. And of course, it was some weird shit to where like his dad knew the judge and the sheriffs, and I'm like, oh man. Yeah, that's on the small town. Yeah. Like, so, and, but the crazy part is, is you know, I went to that thing, and the judge, he's like, you know, real strict, you know, old white dude. He's like, yeah, don't let me see you back in here. I'm thinking like. It's my first time getting arrested. I'm not coming back in here. <laughs> right. Like, I do shit. I don't get in this This is different. Shit. I'm not familiar. <laughs> I'm like, you ain't never going to see me, right? So we go to skip school. Like, uh, you know, sometimes we would skip school and smoke weed and, you know, doing that type of shit. We go and skip school. And my boys are like, yo. Did you, did you ever run to the territory, the nation here? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to smoke <laughs> weed. And before school, we used to come over behind Smoke and Joe's and, like, smoke. And then walk. we'd meet up over there and then go across the school. And, uh. Yeah, it was funny though. The one day we went to skip school, my friends were, uh, they had they had uh, broken in one of these kids' houses where the the kid's stepdad was growing weed and shit. So now they're like, yeah, we're going back. They just call him Hydro Bob. We're going back to Hydro Bob's house to get some weed. I'm like, are y'all? And I'm trying to give them game. Like I know more than them, so I'm telling them like, 
You can't go back to the house once you've Double broken back. once. You're oh going back goodness. again? They're like, no, man, I'm telling you. It's, it was like three months later. He's going to have more plants and more of this and more of that. I'm like, man, one of the Native brothers hit me and him. was were, were both on the same shit. Like, man, these dudes is crazy. We're like, me and him is waiting in the car. Me and this kid, Charlie. Like, I'm like, we're waiting in the car. But they're taking so long. I'm looking at him. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm hungry. We might as well go in there and see what they got in the fridge while we're out here. <laughs> Stupid ass me shit. Was that guy waiting for them? So, nope. Soon as we we they were in there doing their thing, we went in there. I'm in the fridge, and the fridge has a window facing the street. <laughs> and, and, and as I'm like, I don't remember what I was getting, but I got something out the fridge. I'm looking out the window, and I see the a first undercover cop car pull up, then the sheriff car. I'm like, oh, I, I run out the back. I was the only one to run out the back door, but out the back door, it was nothing but a big field, and the woods was way out there. But I'm thinking like, yo. My pops is my pops is gonna kill me. <laughs> I cannot. Get and, and, and I'm like, and the judge, as I'm running, I'm like, damn, the judge told me not to come back up in here. That flash before you're out. I'm out of here. <laughs> so I'm running, I'm running. Like I lost my shoe. I was fucked up running through this field. That was like, I'm like, uh, everybody else went out the front, got caught. I was the only one still running out the field, and I hear him yelling, like, we're gonna shoot, but I'm I'm like, shoot my ass. I'm out of here. <laughs> I don't want to get caught by my dad. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm about to get killed when I get out of here if I'm making through this. And uh, it was high grass. It, it sounds like a movie, but real shit. I, I, I'm running in the ditch at first. I look back, and now I see a cop car lined up with the ditch. So I'm like, okay, he must have seen me. Now I, now I go, I'm army crawling, like, as fast as I can through this tall grass. I had gloves on. Like, there was gloves in the car, like football gloves. I had them on. I'm like, I'm taking the gloves off because I hear them gaining on me. I'm like, they're like, we're going to shoot. I'm like, I just kept on going, and eventually he jumped on me. Oh, shit. But I, I bring the gloves up because when we got back to the bullpen, uh, you know, we're chained to the benches and shit. I hear one of them like, hey, did you guys, anybody see anybody, did you guys catch any gloves on these guys? Like, there's glove prints all over the door. And, this, and in my head, I'm like, those are on in the field, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but shit. yeah, that was fucked up. Yeah, that was like, I caught, so I caught two cases back to back out here, just like, just that fast. Like, and you didn't even get nothing in your belly that time? Nothing, nothing. Oh. Actually, you're right. Yeah, that, that, that's a whole nother story. Like, like I said, I ended up learning the difference between people and, you know, in the interrogation room, they're coming back telling me, he's like, so you guys went there to steal weed? You knew there was weed there? I'm like, no, we went there to see if my friend was home. But I'm being limited on what I'm even saying. I'm like, no, we just went to our friend's house. Like, I'm making like we did nothing wrong, whether we did or didn't. And then, uh, he's like, okay, he leaves. Like, I'm seeing him go through past the door. He's bringing the other kid. He had pops and pizza and stuff like that. I'm starving. Oh, he's starving. <laughs> yeah, he, he's bringing them lunch and shit because we, we miss lunch and everything. And uh, then he comes back in. He's like, so, so you didn't know there was weed in the house, that they're growing marijuana in there and this and that, and you guys didn't go there breaking? I'm like, no. He just kicks the garbage can and starts losing his shit, yelling like, everybody except you has told us what you guys went there for. I'm like, <laughs> so, so then we get in the bullpen. I'm telling all my boys, like, yo, what did you tell him? You're not supposed to tell him nothing. Oh, so they put you guys all back in the same bullpen? Yeah, eventually we all went back in the same bullpen and we're like, got to talk to each other and shit. And then, yeah, that was, that was a mess. That was like my first case to really realize like how, how they... Did you do serious time off that? Or? No, I ended up getting probation because, mind you, I'm, that's like my first case We're in high school. So they ended up combining them together to two E felonies and gave me five years probation, bunch of community service. So, like, the kid got to pick my community service somehow. That's, like I said, his dad. What, what was going through your mind at the time when you realized you're, you're back in the bullpen and why did the police <laughs> know like, everything that... 
I'm like, damn, like all types of shit was going through my mind. Like basically like I miss my friends. <laughs> like, where am I right now? Like, what is going on? Like, uh, you guys told the cops, what? Like we could have beat this is what I'm thinking. Like all types of shit like that. You're thinking just even as a kid, I was always kind of like the same, like, you know, that's a that, that city setting. Yeah. I was just like, raised you know, a certain way and stuff like that. And, you know, it's just certain stuff we, we never do. Like even, you know, I grew up with a bunch of my cousins. So it's like, you know, if your cousin's doing something wrong, you don't go tell on him or tell your uncle. You know what I mean? Just certain stuff, you know. You know. Well, I'm sure growing up, you know what I mean? You had Italian as well as, you know what I mean, where you were from, too. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, it was just a certain way. We was just raised a little different, I guess. I ended up learning later in life. <laughs> you know, kind of learned a little. So your family is originally from Italy or? or from Sicily, from yeah. Sicily? Yeah, Sicily, yeah. Like, like, my one uncle, he's, like, famous in Buffalo. He was a boxer in, like, the 50s and 60s. They call who's, who's that? they call him the Gator. Like he's like anybody who was famous who came to Buffalo, he's got pictures with all of them. Like nice. everybody from Wayne Gretzky to Dolly Parton to uh, he's got pictures with Rocky Marciano. Like just the list goes on. Like at, at his uh, some of the pictures, I always knew he was famous or whatever. I knew a lot of people and was a like well liked guy, you know, and stuff like that. And then at his at his funeral, you know, some of his kids that he didn't talk to had all the pictures laid out. I'm like. Phew. Yeah, picture with Muhammad Ali, Don wow. King. I'm talking anybody and everybody with somebody. That's beautiful. So it was like just seeing all that is like it's just funny how life is because it's like I'm kind of similar to him it. now. I'm kind of similar to him now. It. My uncle Vinny. It's like I'm like it's kind of weird. Beautiful. Like we, yeah, yeah. So it's like there's still a lot of people that know him and got love for him, and you know I still might get a, you know, skip the line or a free dinner at certain places that know him, like an Italian village. The people who own that were like real good friends with them and. There's still people around that like that's pretty unique to what you guys is you know what I mean very close knit like that's yeah that it gets honored yeah 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 because you know back in the day they grew up where they literally came straight off the boat like the guy who owns Italian Village he's still alive Mr Johnny uh, like he came straight off the boat a lot of them guys came straight off the boat with nothing and then built built their their self up like in Buffalo like he started with you know selling bread and then it turned into him getting the money to get the building and then he did the restaurant and. Same thing like Lenovo's Pizzeria. It used to be like a, a car mechanic shop on the west side right there, like the corner that they got. Then they turned it into a small pizzeria. Now, you know, now it's like the great. biggest thing worldwide with it. You know what I mean? I like so, to consider them as great dot connectors. Very, exactly. Very, very intellectual in the brain that, that you know what I mean? Very, yeah. as such as yourself. You know I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. That's what people call it, too. It's funny because Benny calls me that a dot connector. You know what I mean? I mean, like, bro, you really are. You know what I mean? You know, it's a unique gift. Not a lot of people have that ability. Yeah, and I always say that too. Like you know, when we're traveling the world, it's like sometimes seems like it's like us against the world. You know what I mean? Like us meaning like people like us. You know what I mean? Like might be you. You know, it could be us, but people that got like similar thoughts, same mind state. It's like it's like we're you're a target, damn near. Like you know, you're at you're at war every day. Like we were talking about before. Like just seems like there's like. A, silent battle like good versus bad every day going on you know? a lot of people don't have the ability to you know what i mean envision that and you know what i mean and still work through all that that that, that cloudiness you know yeah it's yeah you got to right so back to you you know what i mean did you did you ever do any serious time like state time or oh uh, yeah actually uh you know fast forward into when i was about what uh you know 17 18 well 18 19 i started catching some more cases and uh and um uh, I caught my one case when I was 18. I ended up going away for it when I was 19 for five years. I got five years, and um, I went away for that case there. And uh, but it's funny because when I when I was arrested for it, 
I was telling myself, like, my, my lady was pregnant at the time, you know, that I was with my, I had a girlfriend, she was pregnant, and I'm like, I got arrested for that case, and I'm in the bullpen, I'm telling my, my boy that was with me, I'm like, man, I'm done with this shit, I'm so tired of getting arrested and going in and out, because even at that time, I was getting arrested for petty shit sometimes, smoking weed or whatever it was, the cops at that point in the neighborhood I was from, because I went back to Blackrock, the neighborhood I grew up in, um, so it's like them cops knew me back then, sometimes, like, this is no exaggeration, I could be driving past them. I could be driving past them at that point. They could be searching somebody. And if they see me driving past, they would leave the person they're searching, jump in their car, and take off and come pull me and my friend, whoever was with me. they pull us over, take our money. They, they, I, I ended up before I went away filing internal affairs against them cops because they, they would literally, even if I had no drugs or anything, they would take the money and just leave. Like, I might have just made a fresh $300 or something back then, you know what I mean? And yeah. They would take the money. I'd have a brand new hat on, they'd throw it on the ground, step on it, and it's just petty shit. They were just evil-ass cops. But we were doing wrong, too, so, you know, we we were being slick about it, but they knew what was going on. (laughs) They knew what was going on, so I can't even be mad that they... They they kind of were going in the right direction. (laughs) They were doing their job. You know, taking the money was fucked up, though. Yeah, like, why are you doing that? You guys, that's what's going right in your pocket now. Right, real shit. They weren't playing... They, they, they had one foot in the game, one foot out. <laughs> Look at what goes on now with that, that church stuff that goes on in Grand Island. I mean, that's sad. Oh, yeah. Right, all types yeah. of craziness, right? It's like... It's just the world we're in, you know? It's, yeah, the world we're in. It's like a lot of people are tempted to do the wrong shit, and, you know, you got to be able to filter it out. <laughs> yeah, it's a struggle. I remember I was there I mean, as a kid growing up, you know what I mean, facing that, that, that demon... You yeah. know what I mean? No, like, really? Right. Oh, I can get away with this one. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. So what yeah, did you end up going, out, going up top for? Uh, basically, I ended up going away for a robbery charge. Uh, similar type of stuff. Like, you know, back then, you know, me and a lot of my friends, we were like, with the neighborhood I was in, it was a lot of crack being sold in that neighborhood. So, you know, and for for that, like, pretty people were like protective about that. Like, as far as who's selling who crack, you know what I mean? So it's like, a lot of the people, and, and a lot of the people from over there, like the people I'd sell it to, they, they went to high school with my uncles or fathers, so they, they, they're, they, they're like kind of loyal because they're like, oh, this is such and such as nephew or such and such as son. So it's like you have a almost relationship with these customers at that point. So um, you got this relationship so that when other people come in the neighborhood trying to sell them, you're like, what? Who is this? And they're dark. They're pretty much... Telling you like, oh yeah, you know such and such is over there. Her nephew was over there bleeding it all night, man. Like what? Who? <laughs> Where's he from? Oh, he came over from Tonawanda. Like what? Like stuff like that is unbelievable when you're like from Buffalo or you know wherever your parts you're from to hear somebody came from the suburbs and is hitting your lips. <laughs> you're like what? What is this pussy doing over here hitting my lips? <laughs> Don't you got a job to go to or something? <laughs> like, you know, so so it, yeah, it was this kid and. Uh, I don't know, you know, actually with that situation, I wasn't even there actually with that situation. Like I put a peel in, I'm still trying to get that felony removed. But basically I could tell you it was, you know, that situation, the kid was over there, he's selling crack, his aunt was, her house was one of them houses they would all gather at and it was a good house to be at if you're selling drugs. (laughs) And the kid was there and, you know, somebody ended up robbing him eventually when they got to him and, um, he, he mixed it up and thought it was me pretty much, you know. He, he, he told his aunt that it was me and a bunch of my friends did it and um, I ended up getting indicted and then I took my case to trial. 
and uh, had you know alibi and all that type of stuff. And uh, but I lost that trial, so they gave me five years for that. Um, and it was crazy. I did a jury trial. That was another thing with the jury trial too, because. I was like, I had so much good pieces in my case that I thought I could have won it. And, you know, the judge would tell the jury, like, you need to be able to prove beyond reasonable doubt that this is the man that committed the crime. You need to be able to prove beyond reasonable doubt that this man was the one that did it. You know, and he was there at this time. Whenever she was using the wording, the judge, was, uh, her name was Shirley Trauma, this black lady. And, and I remember, I still remember just burning in my brain, like her telling the jury this and me thinking, like, oh, she knows. I got this case beat. <laughs> I'm thinking I had it beat. It was a week long trial, and uh, you know the kid. The kid's story was kind of fucked up. You know, he's like he said I had orange red hair, which I've never had in my life, and he had a couple details that you would think would have saved the day for me. And uh, we went out to lunch with my lawyer, and then they call her phone. They're like, "Hey, the jury wants to see a picture of his ID again, so she's got to like approve it." So she's like. Um, hey, you know, they want to see a picture of your ID. This could be good because your driver's license says you have brown hair. Remember, they said, the kid said you had orange red. This might be good. They want to look at your picture. They might, I think they're with us. And I'm like, okay, go ahead. Yeah, proof, send it in. Then they call back like five minutes later. They're like, no, they don't even want to see the picture now. They got the verdict. You want to go back and get the verdict? I'm like, let's go. You know, so we leave the lunch. We're only next door to the building. It's an Italian restaurant at the time. And uh, we go back and, uh, they, they had the verdict and uh, I didn't even realize I was still on probation for my case out here at the time. So they told me, they're like, hey, if you lose trial, you're going in today because you violated your probation. But I'm thinking that's not going to happen. My daughter was actually born April 22nd. This day that I'm telling you about is on May 5th. So approximately like three weeks later, mm. three weeks later after my daughter was born. So we get back there and they're like, yeah, the verdict is we find him in robbery in the first degree guilty. I'm like, it just kind of like was crazy because like you see like the flash of your life, like thinking I'm out of here. The minimum is five years. It's like five to 20 years of B felony. So, you know, I'm like, oh man, these motherfuckers. So I was just pissed talking shit. Like I really started just talking like that. Like, man, that's fucking bullshit. You guys, that's bullshit. You, you know, just talking all types of swearing and shit. And um, the crazy shit is, is like in slow motion before this verdict in my head, I'm like, because my mother testified in the DA. He was bringing up my dad's brother. He was bringing up so much shit that didn't have to do with me, but he was just trying to paint this bad picture to the jury. Absolutely. So in my head, I said to myself, just being a young, dumb, crazy kid, I was like, if I lose trial, I'm hitting this uh, DA in the head with this water pitcher, right? I, like, I had my mind set on that. Like, if I lose trial, I'm hitting this clown with this water pitcher because he was disrespecting my mother and shit. But before they read the verdict, like I said, slow motion, it came and removed the pitcher. In my head, I'm like, that ain't good. <laughs> you know, like when they come and take the water pitcher off the table, I'm thinking like, hang on, do they know something? Like, it's just all happened so quick. And then they say guilty, and I'm like, ah, man. I just had nothing to do but talk shit. But as soon as I got in the back, boy, they whooped my ass for that shit talking. Them sheriffs, they beat the shit out of me. Prior, I to, prior to going to trial, what was that? What was the thought like? Not a lot of people go. Like, that shit's pretty ballsy. Yeah, I took my shit to trial. I was just, I was just, you know, Mr. Know-it-all back in that day, you know? And they offered me lower sentences. Like, oh, do you want to, uh, they said that they'll reduce it and give you a burglary and then catch you with the violation. You'll go do, you know, a one to three. I'm like, ah, no, no, I'm not doing it. Like, I probably had some good offers. Like, I could have just based, because after they hear the whole case, 
they re the DA reevaluates and says, oh, you know what? We might not be able to prove him on robbery into one, but we definitely got him on burglary or whatever it so, was, yeah, you know? They try to lower so, so they tried to lower it, but I'm like, no, I, I, I want to take no plea, you know? They, they offered all types of shit because they said me and 10 people did it, but I was the only one in there. So there was another offer. Hey, you know, tell us who the other guys that were there is and you'll stay on probation. No, nothing happened. I don't know what you're talking about. I was not there, you know? So even as a kid, like I said, at that point, I was 18, 19. So it's like, I always was that type of weight, you know, like, you know, being responsible for my own actions or just trying to battle it out. What, was it, what was it like for you going through, through prison? I mean, what do you, what do you recall? Yes. Sure you went through Wendy Elmira. Yeah, so it was just, as soon as I got in there, it was just, it was just shit. Like I said, I got my ass whooped first day by the sheriff's. That was that was a lesson right there. Just like mm -hmm. these guys will beat your ass. In here. <laughs> <laughs> these guys will beat your ass. Where, you in were you in Niagara? Uh, I was in Erie County for this. This case was back in Erie County. Um, so yeah, so I was at Erie County Holding Center downtown, and um, they whooped my no, ass. Then. No toilet paper, no nothing. Uh, man, it was just a shithole. Right, that place is a shithole. And then it's just like, you know, just. Just shit, you're thinking about a lot of shit. I ended up getting into a couple fights in the county, just me being me, like the one kid I was hanging with, you know, he started making jokes about like, oh man, don't worry, I'm gonna take care of your girl while you're away. So you start hearing like jail shit, you're like, man, I ended up whooping his ass. He was supposed to be my boy and shit. But I'm like, he made the wrong joke. And I it's like, now is not the time, you know? And then, you know, my grandmother died while I was in there. And she was one of the ones that kind of raised me. And I was... I, I actually had gotten into a fight on the visit floor, matter of fact, is what happened. Uh, some kid that I had uh, was kind of going back and forth with in the street before jail in my neighborhood over in Black Rock, and he was in Riverside. We were going back and forth, and, you know, I was doing crazy stuff to him, like, basically, like, terrorizing them for no, you know, just, we had some shit going on, and, like, I'd be in a fiend rental and try to run him over and smash into the car, so he was, like, scared of me in the street, but now we got into jail. He's got a case going. I got a case going. And we see each other on the visit. So he's talking shit. I'm like, you didn't want no problems when we're out there. Now we're on the visit floor. Like, I, I still remember clear to this day. I'm telling him, like, bro, just wait by the elevator. You know, don't make it hot. Wait by the elevator. So our visits end at the same time. We're in the line. He's making it hot. He's talking loud as hell. Uh, the COC, I'm talking, yelling. They start calling our name. Step aside. Uh, uh. And then as he goes a step away, he spits on me. Mm. As soon as he spits on me, I just grab him. Pull him into me and just... You know, it's like a hockey fight. I'm whooping his ass. The CEO's in a fucking me up again. <laughs> I got key block for that. I got permanent non-contact visits in the county. He was the victim, of course. They made it seem that he was the victim because oh, yeah, he course. lost. Yeah, it was on the visit. <laughs> and, and he lost. He's like, I'm the bad guy. I won, and I beat somebody up on a visit. Now I'm a double bad guy. So, so I was on key block for that fight. Absolutely. Now you can't even see your phone. You can't even see your yeah, baby, you, right? you can't make phone calls or nothing like that. So I remember. I blew trial in the mix of that because I remember my last call to my grandmother. Like I said, she was one of the ones that helped, helped raise me that I grew up with. And um, I called her and I had to tell her I was doing five years. But in my head, it whatever reason, like I said, just being young and dumb, I didn't think five years was that crazy. So I was telling my grandma, I'm like, yeah, they gave me five years today. And then she's like, five years? Like, she couldn't believe it. She's on oxygen tank and everything. She's like, I, I might not never see you again. So that's kind of when it fucked me up because mm. I'm like, I didn't even think about it like that. Like, I'm thinking, I'll just be right home. I'll be right back. It's, uh, you know, I don't know. So she told me that, and then she, you know, in the process of going to Wendy, now you go start going through reception. She died when I was in Wendy, and I ended up getting taken to the uh, her funeral. 
and it was just it was just I was going through it hard because I don't know why like I just had issues with the COs because I think because of the couple fights I was in and it's like once I got that first ass whooping from the CO it's like they had it on my record like fuck with this dude like they were like you you're supposed to get a razor on a certain day I wouldn't get a razor sometimes it's like you know my <laughs> my face my beard is growing crazy I'm like I was going through problem it. after problem after problem. Yeah, it was. So it was like a lot of like hard. A lot of my life, I learned lessons the hard way. So, but you know, those hard lessons sometimes make you who you are and make you even go harder. You know what I mean? So you didn't graduate, now, right? No, I graduated. I graduated. This is like right after graduation. Okay. This is like I said. Any time I was done, even on the weekends, I was always right back in Buffalo. You know, I was right back in Buffalo. Cross range. I'd be bringing home. weed out here, and <laughs> you know, when I was in high school, I'd have the weed and shit like that. You know, and oh, yeah. hanging around who was smoking, and we were just, you know, doing shit like that. Like sometimes, I'd have a new coat on. My dad would be like, "Where'd you get that from?" I'd be like, "Oh, my mom got it for me." <laughs> my mom would see me be like, "Yeah, hey, dad got me this." <laughs> Meanwhile, I bought that shit with weed money. Provide <laughs> <laughs> it for yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was, it was it was stuff like that. But I, you know, that, that's how I was doing. I didn't know. You know, it was just just certain stuff. Like it clicked in my head. Like, man, you gotta take advantage of these connections. Like, you, I didn't realize until I came out of here. Like the difference, like a buffalo and out and out here. Like I said, these guys would have trouble maybe getting some weed or getting certain stuff. And it's like this stuff is my neighbor uh, back home. I could get this on any corner. Like they gotta just go to the gate and get it. Like they're selling this. They got lines. You know what I mean? So it was like I had an advantage out here in that world. To where I was getting stuff and connecting with that type of people, that, that took me took me to prison. Though. <laughs> so when you were in prison, what, what passed through your brain? You know, I mean, did you think your life was done? Do you, you know, what I mean, what was you planning on getting out, bumping, grinding? Yeah, the you know, you know, to be honest, when I was in prison was when uh, a lot of the Tony De Niro stuff came up. Like, like it was kind of a joke. Like, as soon as I get to prison, I told you, I said, I'm chilling, I'm not doing this and that. One of the baddest motherfuckers from my neighborhood, his mother and my mother were tight, so me and him were always cool. His name is Jawbone, Jason, rest in peace, my brother there. He just recently passed away like a couple years ago in a four-wheeler accident. But he was like, you know, people were scared of him in the neighborhood. So I knew he was already up there. He was up there for shooting some kids that were selling drugs in the neighborhood. Like I said, people were real territorial with that in uh, the neighborhood I was growing up at. Like if you come over there trying to sell shit and you're not (laughs) with the people in the neighborhood, they're trying to get with you. You know what I mean? So, So my boy was already up there for shooting one of these Spanish kids. And um, they ended up telling on him, and uh, he was in there, and I landed in the jail, and he's there. So, mind you, I said, I'm chilling. I'm not getting in no more trouble. Now, I get there. I get there on his birthday. September 11th is his birthday. I landed in the jail that day, and uh, I call home. To, I'm telling my girlfriend that. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm in Groveland. And she's like, oh, yeah, uh, Sarah talked to Jason. Uh, Sarah was her friend, and he talked to her. She, Sarah said, Jay's out there. He's waiting for you. He's going to see you in the yard. As soon as you can get out to the yard, he's out there. I was all like, oh, I'm, I'm going. I'll see you later. <laughs> I haven't seen him in, like, you know, five, probably like three years at this point. So I go out there, and, and you know, he was a popular dude. I told you he was always crazy growing up, but he's like a short, funny dude, too. So he's just one of them Napoleon complex crazy motherfuckers. So... He's introducing me to all these people. He's like, yeah, you know, and that's where I started really learning about the gangs and stuff because there was a lot of bloods in every jail I was in. So he was tight with some dudes that happened to be like big blood dudes in the jail. And he's getting weed and shit. So I'm like, oh, shit. So I'm like, man, start bringing me weed up on these visits. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, so I started 
having her bring me the weed on the visits, and then, and then uh, I ended up getting caught with that shit, and that shit did not last long. It's like they just were able to put, even though I wasn't doing hand in hand, like I'd go on a visit, come back, and we'd sell it and be like free people away from us type shit. Like they figured that shit out so quick, but they messed up that one day they come to get me on my visit and um, my code was extra money. That's why I used to call this stuff, extra money. They're like, hey babe, can you bring me some extra money next week on the visit or, you know, stuff like that. And uh, so they come get me the one morning, they kick my bed, piss test, let's go, sergeant office. They bring me down there, but while I'm down there, they're thinking I'm about to piss dirty. I wasn't smoking weed. I was only just getting, you know, selling it in there. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't smoking the shit. And they thought they thought I was about to piss dirty and be out of there. So they're thinking I'm smoking. They had their story fucked up. They they, they thought I was getting heroin and everything else. They're like, yeah, we know you're supplying the Latin Kings with heroin and the bloods with the weed. They, they had their stories. Like, whoever was telling them was gassing this shit up. And uh, so I pissed clean, and now they got to bring me back because I'm clean. <laughs> and they're like... <laughs> but mind you, my girl's really on her way up with the baggage shit. So now I'm like, all right, I'm clear. I was able to get on the phone, but I know they're listening because they told me they had letters and all types of shit, but they still had to bring me back to the dorm that day. So I hurry up, I call her, I'm like, babe, man, they just brought me down to the sergeant's office. So, you know, I'm telling her some words like that. I'm like, I don't want no extra money. I don't even bring me a package, no magazines, nothing. I'm probably going to the box after this visit today. Like, I'm out of here. They think I'm doing all this crazy stuff. So she's like, oh, my God, okay. And uh, it's funny because the dorm I was in, the L dorm or K dorm, I forget. One of the dorms I was in, you could see the road. Like, so I see state trooper coming, state trooper coming. I see my girl, the envoy, because we had the envoy back then before I went away. I see the envoy. I see another trooper. I'm like, damn, they got all troopers. I'm like, well, I told her not to bring this shit, so hopefully she don't have nothing or whatever. When they call me down for the visit, they're like, Cal, a visit, net bag. Now, they only tell you to bring a net bag if you got a package. So now I know their whole shit's fucked up. I'm like, oh, I'm going to jail. <laughs> you know, right they tell me a net bag. I'm like, I know my girl ain't bring me no package. They're telling me bring my net bag like I got a package. I'm like, oh, yeah, about to go down. So was, they always search you before you go on a visit. Search me. They're like, hands behind your back. And they cuff me while I'm in there. And, uh, and then I, I, hadn't, I didn't get to see her for a little while after that. It was a non-contact visit after that. But I found out when I got all the paperwork. She came into the visit with my daughter, who was very small at the time, like maybe one or two or something like that. They searched her, searched my daughter, didn't find nothing. Then they're like, hey, we need to go search your car then. And then when they went in the car, you know, she had uh, some weed all wrapped up, loonied up or whatever, you know what I mean, to get it in there to me. And But it was so, in the real world, this shit is so petty. It's like a parent's ticket or a misdemeanor. So she's like, no big deal, whatever. So she got like a, a, a ticket for that. And, uh, but to me, you know, in jail, you know, a quarter of weed in jail is worth like more than a thousand dollars. Like that's, that's a lot of money. So, so yeah, so I, I, but just to show you how unfair the system is, is like, okay, so I'm fighting my case. Cause you know, when you're in jail, you're like, you know it all, man. You got guys you in got your law library. You got time to learn. Right, real shit. You're like, talk to certain people. He's a law library specialist. Dude's been in here 20 years. He's giving me games. <laughs> so I looked the shit up and I'm like, once you check into a visit, once you sign in, you can't leave that visit room and go back to your vehicle. So they found me guilty of smuggling and possession. But I'm like, how am I being charged of smuggling and possession? It was out in the car. How could she have ever got that to me? She couldn't have. So I, I pled not guilty on my appeal because they gave me one year in a box for that. Mm. So, so, so I 
appealed that. I ended up losing. They gave me the one year in the box. Same thing, though. They brought me down. Took your visits. Non-contact visits, so it's just a big glass wall. But they brought me one day. They come to my cell when I'm in the box, waiting to get transferred to a bigger box. And they're like, uh, Inspector General's here to see you. I, I'm Like I said, I'm learning everything. I do. I'm like, okay. I go down there. And he's trying to get me info. Listen, you want to stay close to home? I, I can have you Collins PC. Uh, Collins is only, what, like half hour from Buffalo. Collins is a jail everybody wants to go to. Yeah, we'll get, I'll have you in PC. I, I need to know wh which bloods are running the jail, the Latin King. You know, you were selling heroin. Cool. You didn't get caught with it, but tell me this, this, and that. And I'll have you in Collins PC. If not... You're going in the mountains. So I'm like, mm. I'm already in jail. You better go look at my record. I took my case to trial. <laughs> you know, so I had nothing for them. They sent me back to the to the to the unit. They didn't feed me that night or nothing. You know, they they got that's what I mean how dirty the jail system is. You know, that's why now it's like hopefully they're starting to put cameras in there and monitor these pieces of shit because they're so corrupt and dirty in jail. Like, because I didn't cooperate, you can starve me today? Like, where do they do that at? It's like... Bro, it's weird, bro. <laughs> A lot of people fail to realize, you know what I mean, the black that a lot of the human yeah. beings... Human beings. They're not animals. They're human beings. What they go right. through, you know what I mean, on the regular And even basis. if you make a bad decision, you're still a young man, a kid, whatever the case is, you, and you're making quote-unquote wrong decisions or whatever this shit is, it's still not nothing that you deserve to be treated like, oh, you're starving tonight, starving tomorrow. Matter of fact, you ain't even taking a shower this week. Not you know what I mean, and that's how they give it up in there when you don't cooperate. And you know, for the most part, it's it's not going to change anything because if once you make the decision as a man that we're not cooperating with you, or you're on that team and I'm on this team, <laughs> and it's a game, you're over there and I'm over here. You can starve me, not turn the shower. It's not changing anything. It's just a part of the game. It's part that's of the it. game. It's you know. I mean, bro, look what look what you know what I mean. Attica does. Mm -hmm. People pay their respects on that day, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, so so when they came to get me to pack up, though, the funny thing is, the funny end of that story is when they came to get me to take me from that box to the other box, uh, I see on the bag it says, Upstate Box. So I'm telling my neighbor, I'm like, yo, where's Upstate Box? Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, like, we're already Upstate. Isn't I, At that time, I thought Buffalo was Upstate because all the New York City guys said, oh, yeah, y'all Upstate. Or really... We're Western New York. We're not really upstate. Not, not, uh, upstate. That day I learned what upstate is because I'm telling him, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, damn, did they fuck up because I didn't tell him nothing. They're moving me back towards home, I'm thinking. I'm like, <laughs> no, they sent me to Malone, New York. That shit ended up being nine hours away from home. So I was like, oh, my God. And that was a whole nother experience, too. The box was a whole nother long-ass movie story for me. It's a lot like, of education in there. Everything I did in life, that's why I said it's like stuff happened. At every point in my life, you figure out how to and, I, and I had to, I had to learn the hard way. No, because I wasn't smoking, so so you know I wasn't smoking, but I had to get into a fight with the dude in there, and you know, and and I realized same thing. The cops, they came. I, I move into a cell. I, first off, I get there during Ramadan. It's crazy in there. Like people are kicking the doors, they're starving them. It's Ramadan, so they're waiting until the night falls so they can eat. You know, the Muslim. Yeah family and all that stuff so they they got to wait till the the night falls to eat so they're not eating all day so now it's nightfall they they expect and are supposed to be fed as soon as it gets dark in a timely manner you know so they're in there i get there like and people are kicking the thing they're like like what is going on this is crazy in here i'm like I, you you better get crazier is what i'm thinking in my head like damn i'm gonna have to be one of these people now. <laughs> damn i'm about to have to get crazy in here and then i go in the uh cell and it's a white dude, and he's like, yeah, man, I'm about to, 
I got like one month left and I'm like, okay, cool. So I know he's not really you no know, threat or not. And I'm like, I didn't really like the idea of having to be in this tiny room with another man. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Especially if you get a dirty one. Yeah. So it's like, so he ends up leaving and, and uh, he ends up leaving. And that night the COs come to the cell and they're like, hey, you want some extra trays of food? Fuck this guy up when he comes in here. I'm like, now I know the rules in jail. I'm like, is he a rat? You know, because there's some dirty seals in there. They, they might just not. I'm like, is he a rat? They're like, no. I'm like, a rapist or a homo? You know what I mean? Those are three things. Stay the fuck away from me. He's like, no. I'm like, all right, well, I ain't doing it then. You know what I mean? He ain't a rat. He ain't a rapist. He ain't a homo. All right, that's over. So he comes in the cell, and I realize they wanted him fucked up because he's one of these dudes that all he does is talk shit. Like, he's on there, go home and beat your wife. Uh, he's talking shit to the COs. Like, that's why they wanted to fuck him up. And now that now it's getting to the point to where you're in the box, they only give you the showers in your cell in this box, upstate box. You've got your bed, your toilet, your shower, and then they crack you out the little back door and there's a tiny little cage that you can walk around for wreck or whatever. So they crack that. They're supposed to crack that once a day for an hour. The shower three times a week they turn on. So now this kid's just doing so much shit talk for no reason. They're starting not to give us trays on certain shifts. They're not cutting our shower on. I'm like, yo, bro, you you're fucking me up now. Like, the little bit of shit we do got, you're you're chill. You're taking it. You got it. You got to chill. And then come to find out, he was a crip too. On top of that, and mind you, the whole bit I was friends with like a lot of blood. So like my neighbor, we'd be joking in the vent. He was from Rochester. He was a blood. So he's like, man, fuck that crip. <laughs> 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 like, like, so now it's like, all right, so seals don't like you. My dogs don't like you. So one night he just was up this mail like middle of the night his girl was cheating on him. he's hitting the metal table in the cell like talking shit i got a migraine that day and i'm like you know tell him chill 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 that's just the boiling point man i just grabbed him from the booth like he went from he went from the bench that he was sitting on right into the shower because it's like right there so i just boom <laughs> right in there and it, it echoes so all my boys is in the vent yo you good over there yo what's going on we're like fighting in this little shower like i'm stopping him slamming him you're like fighting for your life in there Man. like you are fighting for your life the CEO might not walk past this gate for another three hours you better make sure you win and make sure because you don't want to end up getting tied up or nothing in there motherfuckers be tying people up with sheets all type of shit that's that's all the shit you're thinking in your head as a, as a young man like Man, listen, there ain't nobody doing me like them stories. Boys <laughs> coming with the mace. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, so that's what I was going to get to. So check it out. So mind you, the cops already wanted his ass whooped. I won the fight, luckily, by a landslide. Like, I, I whooped his ass bad. And he was a bigger dude. He's from Syracuse. Was it because he was putting in the shower? <laughs> that, too. Yeah. I think some first few yes. hits. And he was from Syracuse. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the first That's few hits, I maintained it. the W. I maintained the way. So I was like, told him, like, yo, you know, he knows when the police come by, you got to tell him you can't live in here. So he's got to stand on the doorway all night, but I got to stay up too with my boots on in case he comes for revenge. <laughs> so finally, breakfast time rolls around, like, no bullshit, probably was like three, four hours. I just stared down. <laughs> like, he didn't want smoke, right? He did it. He did it. It was like three, four hours of still just, I got to watch him and he's like watching me type shit. And uh, he told him he couldn't live in there. The sergeant came, one of the same ones that wanted his ass whooped. He's like, all right, go ahead. Put your hands up. Mind you, it's a steel door with a square window. Go ahead. I need to see it. Go ahead. Get it on. Let's go. So I'm like, all right, put your hands up. Now we got to fight again. <laughs> now I whoop his ass again. <laughs> nice. Like, 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 he, he didn't even want to get hit no more. Like, I ended up feeling bad. Like, I'm hitting him like, he's, he's like a punching bag at this point. 
And then the guy's finally like, all right, that's enough. So I go to the back vein because I'm supposed to get cracked into the um, rep cage so they can take him out. You're supposed to go step in there. He goes to the front door, hands through the slot, you know, back to the door, hands through the slot. They cuff him. Let me go out there. That's just how they, like, their security protocol. Mm -hmm. So I go back there. He goes up there. We're all separated. He's waiting to get cuffed. And the sergeant's on his walk and talk. Yeah, we got two inmates refusing to break up. We're already broke up and everything. I'm like, damn, this is what they wanted. I start seeing through the little window the shields come in. I'm like, oh, man, they got the shields out there. I've seen, like... Teamwork, teamwork. Yeah, I'm seeing, like, I'm down there counting heads. I've seen past, like, oh, shit, they got, like, eight seals out there now. Oh. Sure enough, man, they fucking crack that door, and they rush, and they crack him first with the shield. He falls down. I just dove on the ground, like, like... <laughs> hands up. <laughs> yeah, that motherfuckers jump on me. Boy, but him, they was crushing him. Like, mind you, like, our heads are both, like, we're both laying on the floor. But... These CEOs up there, up in Malone, New York, they were the biggest white people I've ever seen in life. <laughs> they're dirty and they're huge, like no bullshit. These dudes, a lot of those like, guys were part of the Orange Crush that before they got rid of the Orange Crush, <laughs> the, the big riots. Right, right, yeah. The, these dudes, no bullshit. I'm not gonna kid you. Like even still to this day, I'll tell you that sergeant. I bet he was wearing a size 15 boot. That motherfucker was doing his dude's face like a cigarette butt. He was put. You could hear his bones cracking and his shit, and he was like twisting his. And they're like, the guy's screaming like a cry I never heard a man doing. Mind you, this dude was a grown ass man. I'm still like probably at that point, like 22 years old, 21 at that point. Mm. So I'm like, like, man, they are doing this grown ass <laughs> man bad. He's crying, screaming like, ah, like some shit. You're like, is he going to die? And they're going to blame it on me. That's like one of the only times in life to this day, one of the very few times I was scared in life because I'm thinking like, damn, they're about to kill him and blame it on me. I just felt like scared because I was helpless. Like that. A helpless, like damn, what can I even do? And yeah, that 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 uh, basically, I felt bad. I seen him like a few days later. We're in the wreck pin. He's in another one by himself. I'm in mine. He's got all types of casts and arm slings on and all types well, of shit. Him up. Yeah, they fucked him up, and I felt bad. His name was Don. I still remember the shit. I'm like, yo, Don, you good? Like I felt bad at that point. Yeah. And, and I wasn't wrong for whooping his ass because I kept on. You warned him. him. Yeah, so he he yells back, suck my dick. You know how jail is where I'm like, man, fuck you, the bitch. Like like, talking shit. (laughs) I'm like, all right, I don't feel bad for him no more. It's over with, you know. So (laughs) that box shit was a lesson learned, boy. That shit was terrible. I'm like, oh my god, I lost like 40 pounds in there. Yeah, they do you dirty, bro. Especially that one. I remember days pulling. One of my boys taught me. I don't even know where I came up with the shit, but pulling a piece of your underarm hair out and putting it in the tray, like take the bread out the tray, put the thing out. Yo, Seal, there's a hair on my tray before they get off the gallery, like while they're still passing trays out. I was doing shit like that. <laughs> Just to try to get get the tray back with some bread in like, it. Like, that shit was terrible in there. So I when, can't believe it. When you were in there, you know, did you really start, start next second your thoughts and everything? And start Dude, I really did. I really did. I really started. On your family and stuff? Yeah, I really started believing that. By the situation in the box, even even when I got, went to the box, I really started believing like everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even before jail, I got into a situation where I died. Like I got a, a, a skull fracture right here. I got a plate in my head. Same thing, just young and crazy, fighting in a bar. Uh, the owner of the bar threw a bottle, but I still was arrested for a gang assault. And they said I ran into the door on my way out. Uh, so it was like, a crazy situation with that and it's like all that shit just started adding up to me and I was like you know what everything happens for a reason and I'm like there's a message like 
you know, I felt, started thinking like, you know, God kept me here. He brought me back to life for a reason. And then, you know, I, I was doing certain stuff and then I said I wasn't going to do it. And then I started doing it again, you know, as far as hustling. When I, when I went to jail, I started doing it again. Then I went to the box and I'm like, I ended up in cell 18. My birthday's on the 18th. And, you know, just all types of shit started adding up. I'm like, you know, read, you know, I never really read books. And then I started reading shit like, I think one of my grandmas or her aunt sent me some, some like God book. And it was like a calendar. Like every day was in this book. And it'd be like, you know, every, every day. It was like a calendar. But each day had like a paragraph about... You know, some powerful words of power or wisdom. Uplifting message. Stuff like that, yeah. So it's like I started just seeing more and realizing something was going on and I better get my shit together type shit and shit like that. So So now you do your time, you get out. Did you think that you would start heading in the direction that you did? Or? Actually, the crazy thing is, is yeah, because see, see, when I was in jail, it around that time, Sopranos was out and like, I never really had time to watch it in the street, like just before I was going away. But in jail, like it's something that we're watching in the day room. So people would be joking and saying, "Yo, Tony, Tony," you're like, because I'd be on the phone, I'd be on the microwave, I had the food, I kind of had other dudes underneath me. You know what I mean? I was kind of like big, <laughs> big bro, right? I was kind of like big bro. Yeah, Tony, Tony, so throw him in the closet. Yeah, yeah. So shit like that. <laughs> going around visits, they're like, "Yo, this is motherfucker," you know, he's got a lot of friends, shit like that. It's like. Uh, so yeah, some Tony shit. So, and then I'm in the box, and I always was into music. Like even before I went away, I was burning CDs. Like, uh, I was big with into G Unit and Dipset and D Block. So I go to like Sweet Sound Music, or I go to um, our boy Fury and Jefferson over there, Doris Records. I I'd, I'd be the one going to get a CD from say Doris or Sweet Sound Music, and uh, and then making copies of it. You know, and then I'm like the dude that's. You know, like I said, when I was selling drugs and shit, my boy who's giving me the shit, I'd be giving him a CD here, bro. Like, it's not even my shit. I'm just passing out, like, yo, this is that new dipset shit, bro. Here, check it out. Like, I just was always into music and shit. So, same thing when I was in jail. Like, my girl used to go to Doris Records and get me the tapes and send them to me. So, I always just had the music with me. So, I was in there thinking I was going to be a DJ. I was like, DJ Tony De Niro. Like, I I still got the notebook. I had a mixtape album cover and... My thing was like, nice. oh, oh, I want to take this song and put it on this beat. And I was just thinking I like some DJ Khaled shit before it was like really DJ Khaled stuff really took off, you know. So do you still play around a little bit? No, I, I never once in my life touched this stuff. It's just I just like music and wanted to be a DJ, but I don't know how to even use the equipment. I never touched the equipment on my life. It was just like some dream or idea like, man, when I go home, I'm going to be a DJ. <laughs> and I never even like... So, so fast forward, when I go get out of the box, I end up in this max facility jail where guys are doing life, they're not coming home. Similar situation, like, one of the dudes that I heard a lot about, he was like a brother to a dude that I was with, some small world, weird small world shit. I land in the jail, out of all the jails, I land in there with this dude, and he's got a wreck at the same time, like, yeah, that's all. Uh, Man, doing all them guys over there. I'm like, man, dude, that's this dude I know, that's his brother, and I, I know all about him. He's from Brooklyn and this and that. And like, yeah, you know, and it's just small world shit. There was an Italian dude from Buffalo, and I got Italy on my arm and shit. And, you know, he's like, oh, are you related to such and such? You know, I'm not gonna, you know, it's like, yeah, that's that's my uncle, that's my grandfather's cousin and shit like that. So it's like, no way. Like, oh, so what does this mean? I'm like, yeah. So once they see you know your shit, roll the carpet out for you. Small world, right? Real shit. So, so as time goes along, I'm telling man, dude, yeah, when I go home, I'm gonna do the DJ shit. Man, dude's like, yo, because guys are in there rapping. He's like, yo, I got the tapes. 
of a whole bunch of dudes that ain't never coming home. One of the guys stole the recorder box from the hearing office. Like, whenever oh, you get yeah. in trouble in there, you know how they got the recorder, yeah. they recorded shit. So, man, one of the guys that stole the recorder box from the hearing office, so he's like, yeah, man, I got, <laughs> I got tapes of dudes that ain't never coming home. Like, dudes is in there rapping their ass off to acapella, no beats, or some guy's got the keyboard and, and shit like that. You know, they're hitting the yeah, chest oh, and yeah. shit. <laughs> so, I, I, to this day, still got wild tapes of guys that ain't coming home. So, he gave me those tapes. I'm like, yo, I'm going to go home and get these on a beat. And... In that in that uh, travel pattern, I end up going to DJ Shea studio with Benny and all them guys. And I'm telling Shea about it. He's like, "Man, I don't know. Like, uh, it, it won't be good quality if we can get it off this tape onto this equipment and get it with the bees. Like, it won't be good quality. These were recorded bad." And I'm like, "Damn!" Like, I kind of just aborted that mission and just was doing promotion like skits and shit. And that would it connect you right then, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I had a mutual friend that knew them guys. Uh, you know, Malek, his name is, they call him Chef Dread. He was like a barber back in the day at uh, Urban Cuts where I used to go out on the West Side. So it's like, there was just some mutual friends. He brought me to meet Conway the one time and told me told me about going to see Shay and did a video with Benny and uh, Slim Gus and it just all took off from there, you know what I mean? Nice. So, like I said, small world shit, mutual friends and just small world shit, really, you know? But that, that's kind of how that music shit came out, though. Was, Trying to be a DJ, Tony DeNero. So BSF, you're involved, you're involved in. Would you like do the clothing? Yeah. So so uh, with BSF, I'm I'm the general manager of BSF right now. So, okay. but I don't do just like a job. Like you know, um, I, I'm like Benny's assistant, but it's like we don't even really use the titles because I'm like I drive the car. You know what I mean? I drive car. Yeah. I uh, direct videos. Uh, like basically, I do whatever we need to do to Absolutely. help out. Like just real team player shit. And um, but yeah, officially though, like I'm the general manager at BSF, and um, with that being said, like I just try to help get the guys get their projects together, or you know, where Kai wants to shoot a video, we try to put the video together for him and line up who's shooting the video, just stuff like that, just just like you know, any any manager like operation or whatever. But great, we all teamwork, networker, yeah, yeah, networker, dot connector, like yes, you were saying before, yes. you know, stuff like that. So like Benny sometimes says, Swiss Army knife. He said, guys, me and guys like me were like, he calls us a Swiss Army knife. Yeah. <laughs> we got, we can pull out anything. That's like, a fact. That's, nice. dude, That's a beautiful trait to have, bro. Yeah, do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, you guys got some new drops from clothing, right? Yeah, yep. City Boy, he's always always trying to come up with some new designs. Benny, same thing. You know, it's like, we're trying to catch all these holidays. We got St. Patrick's Day up next. We got a St. Patty's Day drop coming up. Um, we just did the Buster Brick St. Nick. Um, working on something for Valentine's Day. Uh, we, we actually were working on a new collab with the Bills we wanted to do. Um, and and we're working on one. We're trying to get this one with the Sabres, too. Now, this year, they're hot. They wanted us to do it last year, but it was kind of a bad season. So they're like, hey, let's hold off till we pick up a little momentum and, and do a collab. So we're working on that right now, too. So um, I've noticed, what is that, Big Sports Firm? Yeah, Big Sports Firm, yeah. So, so that's that's a company me, Jake, Benny, and City Boy own. Um, we put that together just because we had so many sports connections, like mm-hmm. friends. You see, like last time I brought Dion through. It's like, you know, we had so many sports connections, and like even Benny, he's got a lot of guys, like even LeBron James, guys working out to his music, tagging him and stuff like that. So he's like, uh, you know, we might as well do a sports firm and do some marketing deals for these guys or their merch and try to just do some work for him so that's where big sports firm came about just okay. same thing like yo we might as well just connect our dots that's already connected and 
use our blueprint for somebody so else. Somebody to make that, one. Like, I know you guys do big, 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 huge involvements in the community. You know what I mean, yeah, there's, there's like programs for the kids or anything. Yeah, like we're that? trying. We're trying to do more of that. You know, right now, like we get involved and try to, um, you know, do the book bag giveaways and Christmas time toys. A lot of the stuff we don't really. Sometimes people don't know because our involvement. We don't really even broadcast our involvement, but we do stuff. You know, there's been plenty of times City Boy even got a bunch of pizzas and giving out pizzas and book bags and it never even makes it to social media because it's just some you know we try to Sounds do those yeah like if we're in town and something's going on we try to get involved and that's another thing Absolutely. our life our life so last minute we never know when we're going to be around so it's like we, we we don't plan too far ahead because a lot of times we might get booked for something and we're like oh shit we got to go over here now you know so yeah that's the thing in this game that's music business entertainment business you got to always be ready to you might be making a sacrifice or, you know, like this weekend, we're not going to the game because we got to go do some work in Vegas. You know, we're going to do some stuff with Wiz Khalifa and T Grizzly, but it's like we're sacrificing going to the game to go put this work in. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, and, and that that's the thing. So it's like I said it before, you know, sometimes it's long nights and early mornings. You got to put the time yeah, in. Just you, know like I mean? you, gotta, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean? You go hand in hand. When you travel, you know what I mean? It's, it's business no matter what. Right, exactly. Right. So you just always always on the go so it's like a lot of like i said a lot of the stuff that we do do locally like good stuff is like not planned last minute stuff you know where it's like oh you know we're in town shit tomorrow uh they're doing a turkey giveaway let's go donate and get this many turkeys and give them away and shit like that you know so now that you you have reached success you know what i mean what, what, what would you hope your legacy is man my legacy is is uh you know i just I know how people think of me. I'm a, I'm a good dude, and uh, you know, people know I, I'm, I'm a real team player, man. I, I, I move for never for myself. You know, I never move for myself. I'm, I'm just know me as a team player and someone that's trying to win every day, and somebody that's solid and real. Because, you know, like I said, we're we're outnumbered in this game, and it, like I said, every day you might be battling demons, you might be battling evil, and you might not even know, like. The devil sets these traps every day, and you got to be able to see the trap. You got to you got to know how to react to it, and you know it's either gonna, uh, you know, make you make you stronger or take you out. One of the two, you know. If, if it don't kill you, it's gonna make you stronger. They say that know? they say the devil opened ninety nine good doors just to get you that one bad one. Oh, absolutely right. So you know, and that's the thing. I'm just at this point trying to just keep on winning, and um, eventually, you know have a have a good foundation for my daughter so she don't need to work for nobody when she gets older you know and hopefully i can teach her some stuff so she don't have to deal with the wrong people or you know anything like that you know you know the wrong man and have her going on jail because i ain't trying to have my daughter go through none of that stuff you know Absolutely. so so would you would you consider your daughter your, your focal point of i mean your drive yeah. to stay on a successful path yeah hell yeah my daughter was a big uh part of that you know because i was doing a lot of wrong and just being careless. I was just being a careless young little badass kid, you know, that, um, you know, her her coming into my life was like, all right, calm down, you know, this kid needs you, you know, so stuff like that. No, you just have one kid? Yeah, I have one daughter. She's 16 now, so. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's 16, so it's like I do, everything I do, I do it for her. Now, if she calls me, she needs that cash app. <laughs> cash app or whatever she might need you know we gotta have that ready to roll with <laughs> so what uh what type of positive impact have you left on, on the world right now would you say positive impact um 
man, I mean, ever since, I, I would say since I came home, I always just been on positive missions. You know, like when I came home, I went through so much stuff, even just trying to get a job, um, you know, because I did have a couple, you know, good connections at certain places, like not allowed to work there. And over here, you get a job over here. And then it's like, I got to go to parole one day. I got to go to uh, drug counseling for weed charges. So you got to go to drug counseling another day. And then ain't, since my violent, my felony was violent, you got to go to anger management another day. Now, mind you, I just took drug and anger management to get out. <laughs> now I'm home and you got to take it again and try to keep a job. So now I'm at, at work and I was working at the sponge factory, Mr. Clean. They make the Mr. Clean sponges over on Dingens. And my godfather runs the factory. I'm the only white person. No bullshit. This is a fact. <laughs> I was the only white person on the floor in the factory. Uh, the only other white people that worked there were like the guys in the office or the boss or whatever. That's just how it was for whatever reason. So they're seeing my ass leave early three days a week. Parole, anger management, and ASAP, the weed program. Three days a week, I'm leaving early. They're like, yo, what is this white dude? He just started here. How's he leaving three days a week? <laughs> you know, so it looked weird. You know what I mean? You know how that yeah. would look. It would look weird. Like, how's this dude? I've been here 20 years and can't leave early one day a week. He's leaving three days a week. No, no, no. So they thought it was special privileges, not even knowing I had shit going on. I'm like, I'm, I'm down there trying to stay free and get a job. but Trying to square up. I, they, they were like, hey, listen. It's not working out. We got to let you go. <laughs> so I, I got let go of there, and I had to end it. I, I had to get fired from that job because it just was not looking good. Um, it looked like special treatment. There's no way around it. So I uh, I got this other job, and, and the dude, like, it was crazy because I couldn't really find a job at that point. And it's funny. My mother, this one specific day, drove me to the thing, and I went in for this interview, and I came out. I was at this alarm spot. I'm like, no, uh, this guy is talking all about God and second chance. I think I'm about to get this job. So we're like kind of laughing about like, no, I think I'm like, I think I'm finally this guy's the God and all this stuff. Like, all right, we're gonna see. Let's see if God comes through for you. So what happened? I got the job and then okay. I, I, that shit went up from there. That shit went crazy. I was started as a telemarketer and then I just was like, you know, went all the way to the top and I still talked to that dude. He texted me the other day, my my old manager at that spot, and he's like, Man, I remember you walking through the snow. I used to be inspired. I, I'd be at my desk looking out the window and it'd be snowing. You'd be marching through the snow coming to work and most people don't even want to drive to work and here you are walking, walking and this and that. So, yeah, it's like, I, 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 like I said, I came home dedicated, determined to uh, to get some W's back. I, I felt like I needed to... Do you feel as though you got them right now? Yeah, I feel like I got them big time. I did everything in life that you can want to do at this point. Stuff that I never thought I was going to do. I'm talking about go to Paris, I'm talking about drive Rolls Royces and Lamborghinis. Some of this stuff I didn't even think. It wasn't even in my win that I was considering when, you know, just waking up every day is a win. But some of this other stuff is like the championship wins. I don't went to the Pro Bowl. I'm friends with Deion Dawkins, friends with Benny. Like, we done made it to the, as regular people, just made it to the top of the industries that we're in, made it to the top, and then lived that life of being at the top. You know, like I said, St. Thomas, Rick High, like, we, we we did it all. Like, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, uh, seen it all, did it all. We, we were party at Puff Daddy's house where you're literally looking around like, hey, little kid, like, talking to little Kim, and she's talking back because anybody who's in there is somebody. So you're all, like... Talking with, with life. Like, it's, you're just real. Yeah, and it's like, at that point, it's like, you don't even realize, like, man, we're all, like... that. I realized that day, like, even though I already knew that, but it's like, we all really are the same 
same level of life and same like you're like here now it's like they just got did it ever become an addiction or no it might be it might be a little bit addicting but good or bad because addictions could be good or bad man I, I would say it could be good and bad but to me i don't i don't see it as bad because you know it's like as long as you got the equal balance exactly as long as you got the balance and you're still taking care of your business you know some i watch stuff crumble around me though you know, I watch stuff crumble around me like certain people just like can't deal with it. Like I might be doing legit things and then, you know, my, my kid's mother will think I'm doing all types of extra shit or cheating every night and live this crazy lifestyle and, you know, and make her be like, all right, you're doing this. We're, we're not together no more. So it's like I watch, like I said, people get tested every day and not everybody sees it the same way. You know how they say two people could look at the same thing and see something different? Yeah. That's real shit. Two people could look at the same thing and see something different, and it'll it's either gonna make you or break you. You know what? You know it's crazy. I use the scenario of an ant hole. Cause you know how you look at ants, you know what I mean? You can see them going in and out of the hole. Right. If I see them going in and out of the hole, you know what I mean? I know there's something going on either they're hurting, going to get food, or you know what I mean? Right. All right. The average person would just look at oh they're going in. You know what I mean? Like I know what yeah. you're saying. It's pretty. It's pretty unique. Yeah. 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 So it's like it's like all that stuff. You know, you gotta put it. Let it all apply either. It applies or let it fly, they say, or something like that. If you don't apply, let it fly. <laughs> exactly, you know. What would you say your biggest struggle is, depending on your life? Man, my biggest struggle? Uh, I would say, you know, my biggest struggle is probably, probably sometimes just having too much fun, probably. <laughs> I mean, that's not bad. Probably having too much fun is one of my problems. Like, if someone had to say... You know, one of my weaknesses, they'd probably be like, he has a little bit too much fun sometimes. Since you're living though, right? <laughs> exactly. We're living and I miss, like I said, I miss certain years. I I miss certain stuff in my life that it's like, I might live like I'm 21 still because I was 21 in prison. So I, you know, some of these other people that I, you know, were some of my cousins from, you know, other part of the neighborhood or whatever, they're, they, they're 21, but was a celebrated thing like hey we're going such and such like my 21 i was in there so i'm damn near still living some of these childish moments probably like i just turned 21 even though i'm just 35 <laughs> i'm living like i just turned 21 every day you know stuff I mean, like that a beautiful thing a lot of people can't do that though right yeah so that, that's probably one of my weaknesses sometimes i've been having a little too much fun but i only do it if i know i'm not working you know what i mean yeah like i make sure it's like i'm not doing no I'm drunk and I can't drive now, or yeah. you know, or you gotta, you know, I know you gotta I, be to the airport. At yeah, such and such. exactly. I have fun, but I'm always responsible. I've never missed a flight in my life. I'm the one that always wakes everybody up for the flight, except one time in Switzerland. I missed the flight. Me and Benny, we couldn't, we couldn't believe it. we missed the flight because, well, we kind of knew we stayed out way too fucking late. <laughs> we we're having way too much fun, and we're like. I'm see you at 10 a.m. This shit damn near was like 8 a.m. <laughs> we were just getting in. So I was just going to ask you, what, what would be the funnest time that you would probably have to say? It sounds like this one. Yeah. No, Paris and Switzerland were both equally the best. I never thought somebody could take the title from Paris because we had so much fun there. And, and it was about the experience. Like a restaurant with, you know, the one dude I met at this restaurant, and it's a club downstairs. He booked Blink-182 for like $1.2 million. So it's like the conversations are different. I came out of the bathroom real quick about that dude. I came out of the bathroom. I had my chain on. And he's like, the mob. I'm always like paranoid. I think people are trying to jam me up for no reason. So I'm like, uh-uh. I'm like, no. 
He's like, no, you're the mob. I know. I'm like, no, uh-uh. no, no, no. Got me fucked up, man. You're the FBI. I, I, I know. I'm not in enough bed. But he, he was consistent. Then he says, the song with Rick Hyde and him. He named Rick Hyde and him. This is all the way in Paris. Rick Hyde and him, the mob. But he's freaking Brooklyn. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, PSL. Like it all, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, all right. Yo, man, Betty's up here. You want to go meet Betty? And that's how I started talking to him about Blink-182 and He's telling me all types of shit. I'm like, wow, the people you meet. It was like a really high-end, like very expensive restaurant and underneath a crazy EDM fucking party Sweet. club. Just the people from the restaurant, other people that you didn't see. It was fucking insane. Crazy. Now, what's the money change? Like, is it is it American worth more? Or? Um, I can't, I can't even recall, to be honest with you, but you definitely got to get them euros. It's somewhere around the similar... Similar thing, like people over there, even when we went to Mexico, when we ended up in Mexico, we still had like a lot of ones left over. <laughs> so, so like Benny paid the one security dude, Benny paid the one security dude with a whole stack of ones. Now, to us, it would look like it was probably like $300, but to them, they're like, no, they almost didn't want it. They thought it was so much money. We're like, no, no, you're good. You're like, you sure? <laughs> 300, they thought they were killing it, but it was like, you know. We, we had a lot of fun. And, and, and along the way, it's not always, you know, it's me. I'm always working and always thinking. Like, when we were in Amsterdam, so we had a show in Amsterdam, Paris. I met the dude in Amsterdam. He came to Paris. I was kind of suspicious of him because he's acting weird in Amsterdam. And then he shows up in Paris. I'm like, this You're guy. Watching. <laughs> You're watching. I'm watching his ass. I'm having fun and I'm working and I'm watching. Did you, did you break the scene and be like, I remember you from something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I was coming with some slick shit, but... Come to find out, the dude's like, he ends up having this story. He's like, yeah, my boy, we're from Australia. My boy couldn't make it in. How much can you guys come, you know, can we bring you guys to Mexico? Is the only place he can get in. I'm like, man, you guys want to pay to have a show in Mexico? They're like, no, just in our hotel room. We want to give you $20,000, and we want to pay for your flights and your hotel rooms, and we're going to go to Mexico, and uh, we just, my friend wants to meet Benny. So I'm like, we talked about it real quick. Twenty thousand, <laughs> twenty thousand rooms, a hotel. I'm like, yo, you want to do it? He's like, yeah, we'll go there right from here. So we went to Mexico with these dudes. They paid us, and uh, you know, it was all it was all legit. You know, these people give deposits before we even go anyway. Yeah, so we knew absolutely. they got us our flights. They got us. I just knew we knew they were solid. They were they were from Australia. They 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 still to this day send me videos counting money and listening to Benny shit from Australia. It's funny. Yo, that's funny. <laughs> That's successful that's there. Yeah, they do shit. They got the money counter go playing the thing. Send me Tony, what up? You know, nice. <laughs> Sending me the videos on Instagram. I'll be laughing my ass off. But shit like that. It's like you. You always sometimes meet somebody to bring you a. You know, always might meet somebody and never know who you're gonna meet. You know, along your way. That's why you know you gotta always be on point and be focused. So how would you level? How would you you know engage in level of success? En engage in the level of success. Um. Just try to make the most out of everything, you know. That's what's going to do it. You got to try to make the most out of everything. That's one thing about me. I try to make the most out of anything, even a bad situation, you know. You know, that's the crazy saying. I live by a lot of sayings, but I remember, like, my one grandma, she used to tell me, like, if they give you lemons, you got to make lemonade. Like, that shit right there, I still live by that shit. I, mean, <laughs> I always try to pause in, in, in a moment of me having bad hey, thoughts. You and, make it, right, for, their t for the Yeah, life. you sometimes got to sometimes pause because that's, that's that's one of my problems I learned as a kid is like sometimes if you're speeding, you'll speed into making the wrong decision. You gotta just slow down a little bit, 
So do you think you you have a, a better understanding of business and you know what I mean you don't always go red light, green light, you know what I mean, yellow light. You, you focus on where you need to go, green light, slow up and Exactly. You got to. You gotta know exactly like you said, you gotta know that yellow light slow down, you gotta know that red light, that green light, and you gotta have patience. That's what the another thing that's one thing I came home from jail with is patience. One of these old dudes that was doing life, a tag guy, he, I remember him telling me, he's like, if you leave here with nothing at all, you leave here with patience. Mm. So, you know, that was something I always thought, I, I asked him too, what, what, what do you mean? He's like, you just waited five years for your freedom. You were patient, you had to be patient. You didn't hop the gate, you had to sit here and wait, so you're patient. So it's such something like, I ended up keeping that with me. How can you share somebody, how can you uplift somebody with something if they're waiting patiently? in this 30, 40 years, how do you can tell them to still be patient? There's no way it's not going to work out for you. If you're being patient and you're working, that's the main thing, though. Some people ain't working. You know what I mean? You you got to you gotta put the effort in. I don't care what it is. It might be if you got a dream, you got to you gotta be building the steps to, to go there. And say, say, say your dream or your goal or your mission, let's just call it it's 100 steps up, right? Even if you take one step a day or one step a month, this month, you might jump 10 steps. Oh, now it's a slow one. You just went down a step, now you gain one. But you got to just be collecting them steps and, and still trying to get up there wherever you're take trying to go, wherever lessons. it is. You got to take all them lessons. Don't let them be no stumbling blocks. Let them be stepping stones and just keep stepping and stepping up. Keep so, them on top of each other. Exactly. You got to stack them up, man, and keep going. That's beautiful. So like I said, what, you know what I mean? I know we got some big things to look forward to or what? Mm-hmm. Ton of stuff. We got all types of good stuff. We got Rick Hyde in the building right now. We got Ricky Hyde over there okay, coming up next. Ricky. Okay. You know, Ricky! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> love it. So, you know, it's like same thing, them steps. You you gotta see it before it happens. Like he's he's, you know, the next Benny. You know what I mean? He's he's Memphis Bleak to Jay-Z. You know, mm-hmm. he's Lloyd Banks to 50 Cent. You know, it's like he's Ricky Hyde to Benny the Butcher. You know what I mean? That's Rick Hyde and Benny the Butcher. He's himself, but I, I'm using that as an example. Is you know, got to be patient, see the goal, and, and know really figure it out. Because there's a lot of people out there that don't. That's simple shit. You know, a lot of people are out there. They don't know what they're chasing. They see Benny made it. They see Westside Gun made it. They don't even want the money. They just want to be famous. They're doing all types of dumbass shit. Mm. That you know, and they think it's easy. Oh shit, he did it, man. I'm better than him. Man, these dudes is clowns. It's like, bro, you don't got no interviews. You ain't got no freestyles. You ain't got no videos. You ain't got no connections. You ain't got no solid people fucking with you. And it's all good. That's the bed these people make. That's why I try to say, build your foundation on something solid. Don't be building off of no hate, no corny shit. You got to be building off of solid shit because when you're doing solid shit, solid shit's going to happen to you. Just like Benny, he was working hard. Guess what? Boom, here I come. Now now he's my man. I'm, I'm his man. You know what I mean? Say, you know, we're, we, we all become family. Like, same thing with Dion. I met Dion in a way, introduced him to BSF, and now he's our mainest man. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, when you're doing right and you're on a certain mission, good people are going to follow. But that's why you see all these other people. Like, you'll notice a lot of the people that are hating and, and negative people that, that don't understand business, they group up together. You know, they'll group up together and talk shit. Oh, fuck this or fuck BSF. Like, Nobody really says that, but there's probably a little handful of people that say that dumb shit, and it's because they feel like they're entitled. They they think, shit, they're already on. Why can't they sign me? Man, you don't sign nobody from Buffalo. Wait a minute. 
Rick High, Heen, Lovey, uh, Young World, you know, uh, the list goes on. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Me, City Boy, like he, he put so many people on from Buffalo. Uh, all the guys did. You know, same thing with, with Conway and drum work. You know, you got Jay Skies, Love the Genius, Goose. You know what I mean? It's like every, everybody just feels like they should be another person, not realizing, like, damn, how many people you think we can sign when we're not even, <laughs> we're just getting started too, dog, relax. Like, and that comes to that relax shit. Be patient because some of these dudes is say the wrong shit now, and it's like, damn, you played yourself. I might need to sign 20 people next month. Or next year. I might have needed a, a, a beat maker uh, next year. You know what I mean? But damn, you wasn't even patient. You just started hating, talking dumb shit for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> like I said, really that's building a solid foundation. Because so, later on, if that's all the foundation ain't burn built, them skeletons going to come out. Right, real shit. That's what I said. Is And that's the last thing I'll leave it to is like that about that situation. It's like solid people. Like I said, I did five years in prison. I grew up a certain way around certain people. And then I was with certain people in prison and certain people right to this day I'm with. And it's like, I know how a real person moves because I'm real. I, I'm, I know how a solid person moves because I'm solid. And so I know when certain people do certain shit, this isn't my opinion, this is fact. Bro, you're not no solid person. You're not no killer. Killers do not move like that. You know what I mean? There's certain shit. It's like, man, just stay solid and be patient and don't feel entitled because nobody owes you nothing. You know, nobody owes us nothing. Shit's gonna genuinely happen. Just put your work in and be that horse on the track, looking straight ahead, running straight ahead. Don't be worried about what the other horses is doing. Yeah. <laughs> you want everybody watching you when you're doing that because you know what I mean. It's, it's success. You know what I mean. Right. If you're watching everybody else, you know what I mean. You're taking the focus off yourself. Exactly. No, that's real shit. We covered some real stuff today. Absolutely. Know? Where can people find you? People can find me. Uh, I'm really on Instagram. It's the real Tony De Niro, and uh. Instagram, really. That's it. The real Tony De Niro. And uh, you, you might clothing find company? around. Uh, I actually have the clothing company, too. Buffalo Capo. Yep. Buffalo Capo, C-A-P-O. You can go over there, too. Um, we got the mascot. We did a collab with the Bills. He's in the, the Benny uh, Bills Mafia anthem. Kim Bagula asked Benny to make a song. He made the song for her. Nice. You know, and uh, and we're just trying to build on that, too. You know, it's Buffalo Capo. Don't get no more Bills Mafia than that. So, you know, it's just we're all about a Buffalo and, you know, stand-up guys for stand-up people you know what i'm saying brody yeah well like i said you know what i mean we really appreciate you stopping out and sharing your story you know i know i got a lot from it and i know you know what i mean the viewers is definitely gonna get a lot from yeah you. hopefully i help somebody out definitely you so, know what i mean learn 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 how this individual right here connects the dots you know what i mean in all aspects of life you know what i mean from prison to the you know what i mean the outside world it's a very unique mindset and you know what i mean it's a very unique trait to have you know what i mean so people like i says just from my personal opinion this person, you know, the real Tony, he's a great, great networking. You know what I mean? That's one thing I've very learned from this episode. No doubt. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for stopping. Appreciate y'all. Keep praying. Yeah.